0: Uh, We're gonna, we're gonna jump in, um, to a part of a series that's, that's going. Who was here last week with Pastor AJ? That was a strong word. Somebody got a revelation making ripples in your life? Let's go. So um, last week in Chantilly, we're, we're focusing on part of our mission statement, which is to encounter Christ, experience community, and to extend the kingdom. And last week in Chantilly, they talked about encountering Christ. Uh, we certainly did encounter Christ through AJ's message. So what I want to do is we're going to we're going to jump in um, where Chantilly is, and we're going to talk about experiencing community today. And we're going to be looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 12 for our, for our passage. We'll get to that in just a few moments. But I want to introduce this passage of Scripture by giving some context, um, by giving some really broad context. God created the world and everything in it. And he placed man on the on the earth and he said, now be fruitful and multiply and basically, in essence, cover the earth with my image. Because we were made in God's image and he wanted his image to cover the face of the earth, which meant he wanted his love, his compassion, his mercy, his justice, his righteousness to be demonstrated on the earth through mankind. And so he sent him out to go and do that work. And so Adam's naming the animals and getting to it, and he's got Eve, and now they're... And then, and then they sin, and, and sin enters the world, and the relationship between God and man is severed. And no longer were we trying to take God's image and make it known on the face of the earth. All of a sudden, we're more interested in making our name and our fame known in the earth. Instead of his love and mercy and justice and righteousness being made known, we were making ourselves and our own proclivities made known. Make sense? You ever been there? Have you ever been asked to represent someone, but you couldn't get yourself out of the way and you were just too much you? It's like you see it with kids. You're like, hey, go tell your sister it's time for for dinner. And It's like, oh, okay. They said it's time to eat, you know? (laughs) And you're like, that wasn't the heart that was said with. What I wanted you to do is just let them know kind of casually. Hey, it's all right. Just it's hot right now. Come get it. But they get something else entirely different. And so that's kind of what happened. God's like, I want my image and my fame known. And then because of sin, we want to make ourselves known and make our fame stand up and make our ideas stand out as the strong thing. And so there was this gap. But God wasn't satisfied with that. He wanted us to to be proclaiming his goodness. And so what he did is he made a way for us to return back into that relationship so that we could make his love known on the earth again. And so he sent his son Jesus to die in our place for, in, in place of our rebellion. Our rebellion was, is against God was, was due a death sentence. And Jesus came and took on that death sentence and he rose from the dead and, and he said, okay. I've died in your place. I've taken your punishment. So now that you now you can live. Now you can be related to the father again. You can be established in his love again. You can have his spirit living in you. And you can take his name and make it known again. And it doesn't have to be your own name that you're going to make known. You tracking with me? So not only did he reconcile us to himself and give us the mission of making his and and reestablish the mission of making his fame and his name known on across all the earth and having his image cover the face of the earth. But he gave us gifts in order to be able to do it. So he didn't send us out unequipped. He's like, hey, I need you to go do this thing and I'm going to give you the tools necessary to be able to do it. It's, you know, it's, it's much like a parent. You know, you're not going to send your kid to do something that's absolutely impossible for them to be able to do. Son, go dig me a hole. You know, I'm not going to say and I'll figure out how to do it. I'm going to give him a shovel and say, son, dig a hole and I'm going to show him how to do it. I'm going to do it with him. I'm going to I'm going to demonstrate it to him and then I'm going to equip him to do it. And my expectations are going to be for what he's capable of doing. So we're given these gifts and, and the early church was getting these gifts and the gifts are, are described in First Corinthians 12, 13, and 14. And you see that there are these varied these gifts that are given to the church. And this early church was receiving these gifts and they were using them the way they thought they should be used. Maybe not the way God intended for them to be used. You tracking? You ever used something for the wrong job? Right, Like uh, I, in the Life in the Spirit class yesterday, I talked briefly about using a butter knife as a screwdriver. It's just not what it's for. The butter knife is for butter. It's really, well, it's like ergonomically designed for that task. It's it's built, it's up to the task of slice, slicing through soft butter, right? It can do it. But you go to do a screw with it, and you're going to mess up the screw, and you're going to mess up the butter knife. And now everything's messed up, and you're frustrated. Or you could use a screwdriver it was designed for the task it's ergonomically designed for it it doesn't mess up the screw it doesn't mess up the person doing the work it doesn't mess up the tool that's getting the work done you tracking and so god has given us these spiritual gifts for a specific purpose of of making his known name uh, his name known and building up the church and encouraging and edifying the saints and people were using them differently because they just they grabbed hold of them and they're like hey i know things about people let me tell you what i know Gift of prophecy or words of wisdom or words of knowledge. Hey, I speak in tongues. Let me speak in tongues and show you how much of the power of God is coursing through me. Right? And I'm just going to assert myself with these spiritual gifts and and allow these gifts to, I'm going to use these gifts to prop myself up instead of propping up God himself. You tracking? And so that's where we come in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. The Corinthians were using the spiritual gifts to establish their own name as opposed to the name of Christ. And, and um, it's hard to blame them because they, no, they had no instruction. The spiritual gifts were given for the common good, not so individuals can feel good about themselves, but so that the community of God could be built up and lifted up and proclaim the name of Jesus. And instead of just describing exactly how each gift can and should be used, what Paul does is he he zooms up out of that out of that moment for just a second to offer additional context to these people. And he says that we as believers are created for community. And in our creation, in our design, as we've been designed to live with one another and to be with one another and belong to one another, the gifts are going to be given in such a way that we all get varied gifts, but it builds one another up. We're created for this thing. Community is so strongly a part of our design as God has built us to be because of his original intent and his reestablished intent of making his name known that if we tried to resist and reject community altogether, we would ultimately build a community out of that rejecting. You've seen it happen. It's like, I I hate this group of people, so I'm going to remove myself from them. And then sure enough, people gather up built on the bond of hating that group of people because we're built for community. You can't even shake it. You try and isolate yourself and you'll isolate yourself to a group of people who are isolating themselves. Right? I mean, even, even with technology and texting and Facebook and everything else, people still want to get together so that they can stay on their phones together and talk to people who aren't there. Because we're built to be with one another. It's just hardwired into us because of through God's design and because of his desire for us and his intended purpose for us. And so we can't shake it. And Paul wants them to understand that. And so what I want to do is I want to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 18 through 27. So if you could stand with me to read the scripture, I'll read it today because it's a lot. And I feel like we'd get to the end and half the group would have be halfway through it. all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. This is God's word to us. Father, in the name of Jesus, help us today to understand this part of your design of us and for us, that we belong together. You've created us for community that honors and glorifies you. In Jesus' name, amen. Maybe may be seated. I want to work our way through this passage and just speak to uh, the role of community and the design of community as it uh, applies to us as individuals. But then it is as it applies to us as a church as well. As I read this, I'm going to be speaking specifically about us as individuals, us as members of the body within a local church context. But something that's really cool about this passage is that it equally applies to our local church in the context of the broader church. So you're going to see that as as in our congregation, there are some hands and there are some feet and there are some arms and there are some legs. And that, that within the broader community of the local church, that exists as well. Some churches are going to exceed and excel at compassion and mercy. Others are going to excel at evangelism. Others are going to excel in their teaching. Others are going to excel in their worship. And others are going to excel in in various ways. And what you end up with is what Ephesians 3.10 calls the manifold wisdom of God, where the power and the multifaceted wisdom of God is made known through the diverse expressions of the kingdom in the different churches and in the different people that make up those churches. It's pretty cool. The first thing that sticks out to me about this community and about this body is that They they were arranged in the member as members of the body, each of one as he chose. Say it with me: as he chose, he chose. he chose, as he chose. The community and the body that we're a part of is something that God decides for us. He's already determined that on our behalf, and and some of our struggle is determining: hey, where has he called me to be? But the responsibility for where we're going to be and where we're going to plug in and what part of the body we are and how we attach to the body, it lays with God himself. That authority, it belongs to God. There are many things that we can determine and there are things that God determines for us. I'm not sure that God cares where I eat lunch today. In a general sense, like as a father, he's like, oh, don't do that. (laughs) <laughs> like <laughs> not the right choice david like you could do better really i made more than meat you know and and it's yeah <laughs> made things for my meat to eat and um <laughs> but he's like but but there are other things where there are other places where he does have a specific desire and a specific will for us and and we've got to be clear on what those things are so often we choose the body that we're going to be a part of based on, on superficial things and preferential things and not the most core of things. I was meeting with somebody a couple of weeks ago. And it was a great meeting. They were, they were, uh, they were like weighing and measuring, hey, I'm not, I'm not sure if I'm supposed to be at Grace Covenant uh, or not. And I was like, well, well, great, let's talk. And it was, it was a really helpful conversation for me because I learned some about who, how we are and who we are. And I got to hear what their concerns were. And you know, one of the concerns was was the worship, right? And it's like it's not what they it's not what they grew up with. And everybody in the room says Amen, Amen. <laughs> because it's too white for black people, and it's too black for white people, and it's not Hispanic at all, <laughs> right? And so it's just kind of confused, and everybody, if you come from a church background, you're going to come in and be a little bit frustrated and a little bit confused. And and we do that so that we can hopefully reach across the cultural lines and not just hunker down in a specific culture. But what happens is you create a third culture of sorts and, and you create an environment where everybody's making sacrifice to be with one another and to love one another. And then eventually you come to love it. Amen. But I will say if you're new here and you didn't know any of the words to these songs, that's okay. I mean most of these songs you can find on the radio and you can find on on um said <laughs> What's that, Spotify, and you can find... I almost said Snapchat. You're not going to find it there. <laughs> you, you're you're going to find it on Spotify. But you can find these songs, and you can listen to them during the week. But there are weeks where, you know, we'll, we'll learn a song, or it's a song I haven't sung more than once or twice. So I just make up words. And just, just kind of... That's why I'm not on the worship team. <laughs> Back to that, right? But it's just kind of like... I, I just worship, and I'm like, I'll catch on eventually. <laughs> Miata loves it. I trust Miata. I'll catch up. Yeah. Right? And so I, I just... um But... I appreciated that conversation because in that conversation, we we were able to acknowledge that, hey, you know, sometimes God calls us to be uncomfortable. Sometimes he does. And sometimes he doesn't. I had a conversation with some people earlier this year and they were like, we're here because it makes us uncomfortable. Nice. I was like, nice. <laughs> okay, good. You know, and then you get like insecure for just a second. And you're like, is it me? Because <laughs> <you, laughs> I'm just checking because I mean, that's cool. I'm going to make things uncomfortable. But, uh, but you know, it's like the role of the Holy spirit in the church or how we do worship or who are the leaders and what, how do we do what we do? And we meet in a high school and that's kind of, is that a real church? Is that like a thing? And how long are we going to do that? And you know, is that on purpose or on accident? I'll speak to that later this month, (laughs) but God cares who we join ourselves to. And he has, he has a desire for us. And, and um, for some of you, These are going to be your people. And some of you, you've already decided that it's your people, but you, but you decided on your own and you forgot to ask God. And I would just love for you to have the conviction from God that this is where I'm supposed to be better than just, "Eh, I think I'll come when I'm not sleeping. Right? But like, I'm a part of this body. This is where I belong. And and God is assigning me here and he's calling me to be here to build relationship and and to serve and to participate and to be a member of the body and to be all the things that I'm going to talk about as we go a little bit further. But each of these members, each of these members is chosen by God. And then they're carefully placed. God arranges the members. We don't have to like wrestle and fight to figure out what, you know what am I am I a hand or am I a foot how does this work because there's a body in place to help you figure out if to figure out what you are and where you're going to where you're going to fit in and how you're going to how you're going to assimilate into this thing and putting your gifts to work in the body but you're carefully placed and so if God's called you to be here it's it's not it's not by accident and he's not like well hope it works out He's carefully placed you here for your refinement and for your growth and for your benefit and not just for your benefit. And this is one of the unique things about Christian community is that it's not built around your benefit. It's built also for the benefit of the people who already are there and the people who aren't here yet. And it's all for the glory of God. You tracking? So when we join the community and we're like, hey, I love it because it's small. Well, I hope it doesn't stay small. Not because I've got an inflated sense of self or what something should be, but because some, some enormous percentage of people don't attend church and, and, you know, even of those, many of them don't even believe in God. And so I'm like, we, we better grow because my neighbors don't have a relationship with Jesus. And if they come to have a relationship with Jesus, I would love for them to find themselves here. You, you tracking? And so I, I hope that we don't just like it because of the, you know, because we're small or because we're we're not as big as that other church. I hope that there's a sense of calling and purpose and destiny that extends beyond that to say this is a place where I can bring my my unchurched, my unchristian, my non-Christian friends along with me to learn about what the Bible says about life and God and me. But we're carefully placed, and it's very much on purpose. I was trying to think of all. all all week I was thinking about just, I, I read an article somewhere that they were growing noses now. Have you, heard, have you heard about this? You can grow a nose on a forehead. It's like doctors experimenting and just doing weird things because you can, right? But it's like, I mean, there's a need for a nose sometimes. I guess if you lose your nose and they, they're like, hey, we can just like grow it on a person's body. It's a little weird. But like, it's not very carefully placed because depending on which direction you grow it, you get it filled with water. That's not in my notes. I, I just couldn't resist thinking. I just kept seeing that nose. I'm so sorry. <laughs> what, what just happened? Each part is critical. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Or again, to the hand, to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are Indispensable. I mean, it sounds great on Sunday morning, but do we believe it? Do we believe that that person who can help you not at all has equal value in the body as you do? You know, sometimes there are members of the body that... that you know, you're like, I, I, don't, I don't understand. And I'm not saying you've got to be BFF or you don't have to be best friends with everybody in the congregation. But you need to understand that when you've been added to a, to a body, when you've been added to a community, they have benefit for you. Sometimes that benefit is they're going to slow you down. Sometimes that benefit is that you're going to learn to express love and grace and mercy selflessly. Not because you can get anything in return, but because you're going to learn something about the the nature of God's love. Where he loves us when we have nothing to offer him. You know, sometimes when we sing like, we sing these songs like, oh, this is for you. I'm like, oh, sorry about that, God. I, I wish I had more than me to give to you. Because really, the all of me that I have to give to him is pretty insignificant. It struggles mightily. It gets confused. I forget. I remember. And then I forget. But we're being invited into this body where we can be a part of it, where every part of this body is indispensable. We cannot operate without it. And we're connected. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored... All rejoice together. Connection is not an option in the kingdom. It's the design. As we've been chosen by God, we've been carefully placed by God, we've been gifted for him and put in a place where we're critical and essential to the mission and the purposes of God. Now we need to be connected to these people. many of us believe that we're exempt from the need to be connected to the body or exempt from community. And we, we don't say it out loud, but we think it and we live it practically. You know, we, we wouldn't, I mean, it's one of those things that we all think, but we don't, we don't express either because we don't realize that's what we really believe. But then when we look at our calendar, we realize that my time is spent on all me. and we look and we realize that oh my time isn't spent with any of these people that I'm supposed to be connected to there's another way that we're connected and that's that that's that if my toe hurts my entire body responds right like i, I saw a guy who hurt his toe recently and he hurt his his pinky toe and he couldn't walk at all it was Humorous, uh, but <laughs> compassion, right? Um, he, he, was, he was all bent over. And, and as I was praying this week, I was reminded of that, about how his whole body responded to the pain that he felt in that little indispensable toe that seems so unimportant and so insignificant and so extra, right? Like if there was a body part I feel like we could get rid of, just drop off the toe or the appendix, but like just, just we'll be without it. But you need your little toe for balance, and he needed it and his whole body was responding. Every part of his body was engaged in making sure that his little toe was going to be taken care of. He's walking like this and doing everything like he's got his hands up for balance and, and he's staying on his heel and trying, you know, doing everything he could, putting, putting pressure and strain on his left leg so that his right leg could rest. You, you tracking? And so he's wrestling and then and then when he took his shoe shoe off, I'm sure what he did is he engaged his eyes and he engaged his hands and dressed his his little pinky toe. He got he got the whole body involved again in another way. He had to get down. He needed to get low to care for his toe and go to a place that it's not natural or comfortable. And he's like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna care for my toe and I'm gonna bend in ways you know like yoga or something to take care of my little toe. And I'm gonna like the other parts of my body are gonna make sacrifice and stretch a little bit so that I can care for this little guy, right? And so that that's a reality that he had. And I I was just like, man, how much should we be operating that way? That when the little toe in our congregations hurt we hurt with it and we move resources and we move people and we move ourselves and our groups to care for that person when somebody has a baby we make meals when somebody's in the hospital we make meals but and we we show up and we stretch our calendar a little bit we stretch our budget a little bit we stretch our life a little bit to show up and cheer them on encourage and lift them up and just and and stretch to get down with them and say hey i'm here to offer comfort and love and compassion that otherwise would be elusive. Um, you know, as a as a congregation, we it's been a it's been a wild couple of weeks, extremely difficult and extremely exciting at the same time. We had a mom lose her her, her four month old baby. We had uh, we had a marriage. We had a baby born yesterday. And somebody else is pregnant. And so you're just kind of like, "Wee oh, whoa, hey, I don't even, why do you process this? Because I feel the pain and the sorrow of that young mother and her family. I feel the excitement and the joy of this other family. And both are extraordinary benefits that if you're not connected, you miss out on both. You experience the presence and the power of God in a a way that is unlike anything else when you draw near to someone who's hurting. You experience the grace of God. It's it's a remarkable thing. Why does suffering happen? So that the grace of God can be made manifest on the earth in a way that comfort doesn't reveal it. And then somebody has a baby and you're like, yes! Yes! But these are privileges that God gives us in community that if you're not connected, you're never going to experience the benefits of. And when you never experience the benefits of that, you miss out on aspects of the heart of God that he intends for us to be able to enjoy. Both as we receive and as we give. See, there's a, there's a, there's a giving and a receiving that happens in every single one of these transactions as we celebrate and as we mourn, as we hurt and as we celebrate. And we get to see different aspects of of the love of God and different aspects of His of His compassion and His kindness towards us. And we're built up in the process. A little connection test would be who would you call? If your if your friend was in the hospital. Do you have somebody's name? Do you have a phone number? The other side of that is who has called you when somebody was in the hospital. And if you if you don't have someone you can call and and nobody's called you, then you're not as connected as you think you are. And I don't say that to rebuke. I say that to to invite. To say, come on, because if you don't have that, you're just operating like everybody else in the D.C. metro area. But God doesn't invite us to operate like everybody else. He invites us to be his body. He invites us into his body. To live a countercultural life. Two more C's. He's inviting us into this reality where where the people, the body that we're a part of can celebrate with us and mourn with us and, and fight with us and fight for us. You know, there's a place, if this guy's foot was bad enough, what's cool is when you're in community, if the injury's bad enough, you got some people who can come by and pick you up and carry you where you gotta be. I've seen that happen in this house, where somebody is so broken or so hurt that they had to get picked up and carried to where they were going. And I've seen healing come as a result of it. I've seen people who think of themselves to be strong in their weakest moments, needing the tenderness and the love that they've given to other people. If you're a person who feels like they have no need and that's why you haven't connected to community, I would encourage you your strength is not for yourself, it's for the other people who need it. Amen. I'd also venture to say you're not as strong as you think you are. And you're probably just not aware, or you're just, you're just not connected. So we're caretakers that the members of the body may have the same care for one another. Dietrich Bonhoeffer says this. He says the person who loves their dream of community will destroy the community even if their intentions are ever so earnest. The person who loves those around him will create community. There's a there's a risk in this message about community. And it's that we would enter a community with our idea of what it should be and what it should become and what it should do, built on our ideas. And we can impose those ideas on a community, on a a people, on a person, on an individual or on a church and say, this is what you're supposed to be for me. And unless your idea is the same as God's, you're going to be left very, very disappointed you'll be hurt and others will be hurt in the process. I've put wrong expectations on individuals before and I've hurt them deeply and I left myself very disappointed. And only after the fact that I realized, man, I wanted them to be to me something that they were never intended or designed to be. It's no wonder they couldn't be that. That's what he's saying here. And so what I, what I want to encourage us to do is to, to let God be the one who determines for us where we're to be. Let God be the one who establishes the call, the direction, and the destiny of of who we are. And let God be the one who who joins us into the body very, very much on purpose. Let God be the one who who stirs your affection for the people in this room or for the people somewhere else. But don't, don't go on living anymore without being connected to the body of Christ. I think that's something that, that I mean, it's a little late for a New Year's resolution, isn't it? So that's just the right time to make one. If if you've already failed at your others, (laughs) here at the end of January, now's a great time to make a new one. And it's not a New Year's resolution, so it might work. (laughs) Commit to becoming a part of the body. Wherever it is that God's calling you to be, Plug in and relate, connect, and care. Amen.